One of the best things I ever heard was that agents um, come and go based on how they're hired, and it's very true. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. If you're like me and you're looking to build a big business and you want to learn from the very best, you're going to love today's show with Jay, Teresa, and Lisa. All three extraordinary team leaders all built tremendous businesses, made every mistake, but they now got a blueprint that you can learn from so you can go out and achieve the level of success you desire. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, I'm sitting with three extraordinary business people who happen to run teams in real estate, and we're going to pick their brain on hiring practices, on best hacks, uh, what they look for, how they are able to find the right people, and ultimately onboard them, and then train them and make sure that they succeed. So uh, if you are the kind of ambitious person that really wants to grow an amazing business in real estate, you're going to love this show. Um, so let's start with some introductions. Jay, tell them, uh, tell them who you are, where you're from, how many people on your team, and how many transactions we do this year? So Jay D'Alessandro in Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. We did uh, 420 uh, sides this past year, shooting for 450 this coming year. Um, we did about 5.3 million in GCI and 221 million in volume. Congrats. And how many people get on the team? 20 agents and eight staff. Outstanding. Lisa, let's go to you. Kind of same, same. Just give us a, a broad spectrum of what your business looks like today. Sure. So Lisa Chinati, I'm from the Boston suburbs in Massachusetts. Uh, my team has 42 sales partners, nine staff members. We're on pace to do about 900 transactions this year, which will put us at a GCI of around 6 million. Um, volume is probably going to end up around 250, 300 million in volume. Um, That's it. Congratulations. Love it. Love it. And Teresa, same thing. Just kind of get people a flavor for who you are and what the business looks like. Okay. I am Teresa Cowart, Savannah, Georgia. I have 18 agents and eight staff. And um, we are going to do 555 this year. That is what's on the board. Um, I feel like we're going to overdo that, but that's okay. That's what's on the board. 555 transactions. Mm -hmm. We did 442 last year. Love it. Uh, You should have just bought two houses at the end of the year and made it 445. I know. Just saying. I know. Excellent. So we're talking about, you know, 500, 500, and another 900. So we're a lot of transactions between the three of you. What's on a lot of people's minds right now is this whole team phenomenon. And it's certainly been the conversation for us for a decade. The challenge is, how do I find them? How do I hire them? How do I onboard them? How do I train them? And how do I make them successful so they don't just flare out? So my hope is that we can go through almost all of those today with insights from each one of you, you know, battle tested in the streets, in your offices, how you've done it. So, so why don't we start first though with, without going into gory detail and probably maybe not naming anybody specifically, what has been the biggest mistake you made early on that everyone should avoid when it comes to hiring people? Hiring people because you maybe like them or feel like you have a bleeding heart and want to help them and they just don't fit. Like, you know they don't fit, but you do it anyway. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, I've kind of taken myself out of the first round. Um, I don't even 
I'm not even the first round. So they have first to, round is in first uh, round of interviews. Yeah, I'm not even that person. So they have to go through two other rounds before they even get to me. I've made many mistakes, mm -hmm. probably not that exact one. I hired for, I think, the wrong reasons because I was more desperate, right? And so I made a lot, I wasn't clear on my own value and hired with financials and promised more than I could actually deliver financially where it wouldn't be profitable for the team. I didn't believe in myself enough yet, right? I didn't know what I as a team leader could bring to the table outside of leads, being able to close more transactions and making more money. And so I led with the leads and I led with the money, which bred a culture of looking out for oneself financially as opposed to being for the good of the team. One of the best things I ever heard was that agents um, come and go based on how they're hired, and it's very true. Well, I think for, for us, we looked at the drive of the people, and that was the most important thing, really looking at the energy, and we actually took it beyond the disc and hired a hiring coach who came up as, with his own algorithms of looking at the energy level of the people that we were hiring. And some of them we actually start in a operations, assistant operations role, and see how hard they work and see if they love it and are enthusiastic about it. When we've had um, four or five. Ooh, yeah. So the mistakes are, I think, we lost some really good people because we just didn't have a way to help them scale and grow. That was the big thing. And also we did hire some people in there that just didn't have that work ethic that we wanted and we saw and we thought we saw. And certainly it's just looking at people we thought who were going to be cool and fun to hang out with. Yeah. And that's not a way you grow a business. And so we learned that pretty quickly, though, and corrected it. You know, it's fun for every listener right now. They're, they're thinking about maybe their own real estate office. And no knock against any manager in North America. The way a real estate company works is you bring as many people as you can. And you help them bring it. They sell a house, use mortgage, use title, use escrow. And, and any owner of the company listening right now knows that I love you. But let's just call it for what it is, right? There's there's no standard around per-person productivity, et cetera. So, so you figured out pretty early on, likability is important, but work ethic being coachable, trainable, teachable, right? Beyond just leads and dollars. So, so let's talk about maybe best, best hacks, best things you've done in the early stage now of like when somebody gets hired, what are the, what are the things you run them through that allow you to say, yeah, you're in, or maybe no, you're out. So just kind of whoever wants to go, like what, we're a disc. Someone's going to say, what, what is that? Well, that they do that before they ever talk to anybody because well, that's that part of. Oh, it's a it's a personality profile basically. Yeah. Okay. So is there a better criteria of this? Like, I'm I'm going for the percentage. Right. No idea. Yep. Is there like what's the best you know combination of DISC for a sales associate? I'll tell you what we look for. The D is above fifty. We don't. We won't even bring them in for an interview. So we need a D below fifty, um, an I above sixty. Um, I love an S above 50 and a C below 50. And ideally a C below like 30 is the ideal for what we look for. Interesting, interesting. So the person maybe that, you know, probably they need to just Google disk, right? Because it's I mean, certainly widely known in our world, but you know, maybe someone's listening as an entrepreneur that's running a dry cleaning business has no idea what we're talking about. Um, so just Google disk. Jay, what about yourself? What other, and I want to go back to all three of you. What are the other hiring disciplines you found to be effective? So certainly a personality profile, having an exact profile you're looking for. What else? Well, for us, we're intentional about also finding people who are not in the real estate business. 
So just people okay. who we feel like are going to be good people and that are going to work hard in there, and we'll train them everything else. Mm -hmm. So the onboarding process is a longer process. Yes. So Lisa was just telling me that she has someone who started eight days ago and got their first house under contract. That's just not going to happen on our team. You know, sure. It's like a two-month mentorship uh, training and take them through the rigors of it with a mentor and a mentee position. And then usually even two months after that is when they get their first house under contract. And it's a step-by-step -step process that yes. they go through. And so it's a longer play, but mm -hmm. then we feel like coming from their different backgrounds, it's still a great structured environment. Yes. We teach them to have their own business within our business, and then they're there for a much longer period with us as a team. So the turnover is really slow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So for the person that's listening, maybe who's thinking like, oh my God, I've just got too many leads and too much opportunity. Jay's model is a brilliant model. Probably not going to work for that individual who's like, do they just want to throw leads on people and say, please go sell a house. You know, I want to breathe and take a breath. So let's talk more about onboarding. We've heard Jay's, Jay's model. What about the two of you? What, what do you do when it comes to somebody joins? Hi, I, I passed the test or you recruited me from another brokerage. I'm not joining your team. What do I do? We have a, um, a minimum six weeks that they go through what we call script school. Mm -hmm. So they basically sit with the ISAs and they have to, like day one, you know, set up your Facebook, set up your Tom Ferry, you know, go into the hub, learn this, mm -hmm. go into Boomtown. Like it's very systematic yes. in, in how you set up every part of being part of TCT. Mm -hmm. And then you are starting to read the scripts. And a lot of this stuff is done in your own time at home. Like you're not paid for it. You yes. are doing it. And then on day three or whatever, you make your first phone calls to the database that you're calling older you know, archived Super old, old boomtown leads. You can't and, mess yeah, it up. Just, yeah. just start getting comfortable with it. Just start making those phone calls. Um, and is they're there actually checking in on them, or is this just a oh, here's your check? Yeah, let's go. My lead ISA is sitting beside them. Okay, listening to everything That's they say, good. and we're in a in an area where I can actually hear them too. I don't micromanage, so I'm not. I try not to micromanage. Sometimes I'm like, hey, why don't you say this? But I try <laughs> not to. So, um, there's lots of people. We're very we're very tight knit. So somebody, you know, somebody's saying something that they they feel like they could say a little bit better. But we try to use your scripts. Like we, yeah. we the yeah. book is there yeah. in an accordion type yeah. thing, and they they try to stay very true to it. Um, but it has to be authentic. Obviously, you of have course. to feel like uh, it's really you talking, and you're just not reading it. So but, um, so six weeks, and you went mm -hmm. through, you know, so I'm set up all mm -hmm. my profiles, organized mm -hmm. myself as a real estate agent online. TCT mm -hmm. is the team, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff. So that's a couple days. What am I doing in week five? You are role playing. You are tr you are practicing. You are calling, 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 calling. And then the last two weeks, you're going out with the lead buyer's agent, and you are going on appointments with her, and you're watching what she does. Um, okay. And and after that, you can go out with. We have a secondary that is just Miss Happy Smiley, sweetness and angel like, and you can go out with her for a couple of days if you want to, because okay. she's very effective. But, so um, do you remember when, so we met uh, Mark Roberge right when we were in Boston yes. last October. And by the way, he's coming out to our management conference to do another, you know, event for us. And he talked about, we did the same thing internally, the, sometimes the mistake, I'm not saying you're doing this, I want to get your input, that if I take a new salesperson into my business and I put them with another experienced agent, it actually could be a mistake. 
you remember mm-hmm. that? Remember that conversation? Because they learned the bad habits. That so, the, so we'll speak. So speak about. It. I'm just, and I'm, I want to bounce yeah. back to you. So, Lisa, speak about that. Yeah. So we actually don't use a mentorship program for that reason. Our onboarding is probably different than both um, both of these guys. Ours is much shorter, um, and it's done one on one or in small groups with my sales manager. So we pick one day a month where we onboard everybody who's joining the team. And at that point, it's all systematized and broken down. So day one is helping them with the systems, teaching them to understand. Systems like all the checklists or all the software you use? Yeah, so like Real Geeks is our CRM. So how do they schedule follow-up? How do they move a lead? We use lead shifts to distribute leads. So we get them set up on all of the software that's gonna distribute leads and help them in that respect. Um, Day two is working on sales skills. Right, understanding the personality profiles of the drivers and the amiables and the analytics and understanding the questions to ask and learning the scripts at a very high level. Day three, it's actually with the sales manager with Jason and they're sitting and taking their first live leads together and making the phone calls with my sales manager as opposed to other agents. And day four, we're throwing them on the dialer kind of like Teresa does, to just have them practice with our dead leads. But it's myself or Jason sitting with them and listening to the scripts, and we want them to get told no, right? So one of the things we want really early on is for them to have the grit to kind of keep making it through all of the no's. Um, We'll have, we do a lot of role play kind of consistently throughout, but we don't hire part-time agents. We only hire full-time agents. So for us, getting them into production within 30 days is really important so that we can keep them on the team. Yeah, got it. So so going back to, you know, we, we were all, we all heard that message and I'm not, you know, there's no right or wrong way. We've heard three different onboarding things, but here's the lesson for anybody listening. You all have an onboarding strategy. And it's right? written and it's right? It's written, it's documented, it's someone is right. helping. Like, so you're, you know what I mean, right? Versus, you know, okay, you're on my team, like, uh, come with me, we're going to lunch. <laughs> Right, like no, yeah. that, that's how no. a lot of agents would, that's how they start with their assistant, that's how they start with a sales agent. So any thoughts on that? Just as a, I don't, I, you know, Mark's point was one point of view. We found it to be effective for us that, that a more, uh, you know, persuasive salesperson should definitely be aligned with a more persuasive salesperson, a grinder of just, I'm gonna make the, more, the most phone calls than anybody else and mm-hmm. I'll convert just because I, it's math that if they have that personality type, we're gonna put them in front of that salesperson because they're just more aligned. Well, and that's why they go with the lead buyer's agent because yeah. she is the best. Got it. So they go with her. Got She's, it. I'm not in production anymore. Yeah. So I don't have any buyer's appointments that's good. to take them on. That's so good. they go with her because she is the best. And then if they decide they wanna be a listing agent later on, then they go with the lead listing agent or they go with me because I do still do a couple listings. And that's basically, you know, we have the model, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jay Abraham, mm-hmm. like the PEQ formula. Once you figure out what the very best people do, you document right. it, you analyze it, right. you codify it, you teach it. Well, if right? I don't learn anything else, that's what I've learned. Like yeah. hire the best people mm-hmm. and let them do their job. Yes. Like stay out of the way. Love it. Okay, so we covered onboarding. Any other hints on onboarding? It sounds like everybody's got a formula, everybody's got a plan. Yours is months, yours is a month, yours is six weeks. Right, so to tie into kind of what Teresa yeah. said and what you were asking, we actually, in that one week period, we kind of chat with the agent and figure out what they're, what they're loving, right? So yeah. if they're a cold caller, right, and they're loving being on the dialer, we actually find the other agents who are killing it on the dialer yep. and make the connection. As a, so I guess maybe mentorship in some ways, yeah. but forming the relationships kind of like Mark Robert spoke about yeah. with pairing them up with people who are going to kill it where they're comfortable. Because yeah. the kid who's 
doing great on the dialer with cold calls isn't necessarily the kid who's going to kill it with sphere buyers yeah right yeah like, give them expireds and they're ready to go yeah and they'll sit there and give, dial give them for a five first time hours. buyer wants to look at 43 houses and they're gonna be like <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly okay exactly so let's let's go let's go deeper and let's talk about because uh, you covered training a lot already in the onboarding but but let's talk about what happens if i'm on your team on a weekly basis you know is training mandatory do i you know show up whenever I want? What do you provide on an ongoing training basis every week? So we have a lot. Um, our team meetings on Fridays are mandatory um, and those are all scheduled out 12 months in advance. So that was in learning my value, part of my value is training, right? So we spent the last part of Q4 doing our entire training calendar for all of 2019 and everything is written down for my sales manager and myself and for my coach. And we're all diving in weekly, right? Thanks so for sharing all of that too with us. That was great. Was that one of the breakout oh, yeah. sessions? We, yeah. Well, yeah. and she just put it on, you know, the ecosystem for us to look at. So yeah. Great. Powerful. So write down to content that's being covered. Absolutely. So I'm like, oh, I really want to, you know, oh, class one in March. Like, oh, I really need that. Right. right. Yeah. So like Smart. we know that like all of February each week is one different personality profile. Right. Smart. The drivers, the M, yep. all of that. Yep. And all the role play is based around that same theme for the entire week. So yes. they're going deep. Um, and then we have um, Title, who comes in, our, our attorney comes in and Smart. does a class. Our loan officers come in and do classes. Mm -hmm. We have structured role play within mm -hmm. the office. Um, How often? Five days a week for a minimum of one hour. Okay. Um, for our brand new, we break our agents into quartiles mm -hmm. so that we're creating the expectations based on where they are for production. You're either moving up or moving out? Correct. Yeah, yep. smart. Um, and That's by the way how every real estate company on the planet is run. So anyone listening right now, four quartiles, if you're an agent, you're in somebody's quartile, right? Absolutely. Just where, if you're brand new, you're in the bottom. If you're one of the very best people you know, in your team or in your company, you're in the top quartile. So you're doing the same thing. Correct. Smart. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt it, go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. And um, so the requirements or recommendations for what they have to attend for yes. training is based on the quartile that they're in. Smart. Um, and they get a checklist and it's very clear what the expectations are. Got it. Got it. Jay, training in your office? Well, we start with just the morning huddle calls, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the buyer agents do it together with the sales manager. The listing agents do it with me, and it's become so automatic that if I'm not on the call, they just do it. What do you mean awesome. on the call? Like it's not a face-to-face? -face? Uh, it's on Zoom. Even, so we yeah, do so it together yeah, on Zoom. Video, yeah. virtual, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Love it. Some of them are doing it on the car on the way to an appointment, or they're at home and the kids are running out the door to catch the bus. And so that's what we started and it's great. And then we have a Tuesday uh, team meeting. And then once a month we do a whole team huddle with the staff and everyone. And then usually on those Tuesdays and we go out and tour the houses that we're putting on the market that week, which can be anywhere from five to 10 homes that we're touring that week. Beautiful. And then we do call nights, which um, we started doing last year and inspired by Lisa. I just follow her lead and it works. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we even did Good Zoom work, call night competition together, which has really worked out well. Uh -huh. And it's There's a lot of people in Team Plus that are doing that. Like, yes. it's me against you, yes. on my team versus yeah. your team. It's competitive and fun, it, right? It really is because, you know, when we're selling a lot in our area, we think, oh, we're top dogs and there's yeah. nothing to really chase after. And then you yeah. look a little wider and you go, uh -huh. wow, there's some people. I got to step it up. Yeah. So that's been great for us yeah. in terms of that whole team atmosphere, camaraderie that we do it together. So we make the things that can be mundane just fun. Yeah. 
So, so Teresa, I'm gonna hit you with a different question. I'm gonna remind okay. you guys of something that, um, I think it was Tommy Toole talked about it when we were in Philadelphia, April-ish of last year. Um, something he and his coach came up with, with the, the, the aim of giving the best leads to the people that are putting in the work. What, you know, Tom is a prospector, right? He's built his business on that. And he's sort of, he wants that same thing culturally inside of his business. He hires that and trains that, develops, et cetera. Um, but he and his coach created a thing called the illusion of choice. And that was that there are 10 prospecting sessions scheduled every week inside the office. And here's the good news. You only have to do four. And if you do four documented, tracked, measured, et cetera, inside of Boomtown or the system, then you got leads from Zillow or Realtor or whatever else we were, we, we were buying. Do you do anything like that? Let's talk about prospecting now and appointment setting, et cetera. Totally stole it. Yeah. Totally stole it. Yeah. I stole a couple of things from Tommy. Yeah. But um, yeah, we we have sessions and they're allowed to pick whichever session they want. They come in, they sign in, and and they're not allowed to do anything else except prospect during that time, obviously. Um, but they have to do those three prospecting sessions throughout the week, or they their leads get turned off. I mean, that's just the way it is. We sat down as a group and came up with a a list of parameters if you will that if you do these things you get to keep leads and if you don't do these things then your leads get turned off and for how long and and of course people who have this many same thing with the quartiles if you have this many then you're on this quartile and whatever whatever but um yeah they know this and so when they call me and say hey are my leads turned off yep why uh why did you come to call night uh yeah so they, I mean, it's just, it's on the board, it's posted, everything's yeah. visual, yeah. so they, they no, all know. No surprises, but they all still try and game the system, do they not? Yeah. I mean, we yeah. all do, like, you know, like you guys are all gaming the system, doing what you're doing, at your, and I don't mean that in a bad way, like you figured out an angle to sell 900 homes, 555 homes, 475 homes, which is unheard of when the average agent's struggling to sell three. But I, what I found is, there, I mean, the, there's huge accountability. There's yep. morning accountability. There's yeah. night, nighttime accountability. I mean, there's accountability around everything, but they they like it actually. They For en- sure. They enjoy it. it. I mean, it's just like your your child. It makes them feel safe. And yep. um, I mean, they, I mean, it does, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Let's talk. And, and it's part let's, of the culture. Let's it's talk about that because you know we're we're in an industry that for whatever reason there's just not a lot of accountability so let's let's stand oh, i want to talk calls and accountability so your two thoughts on prospecting so we don't do scheduled times but we in our quartiles based on the quartile that they're in they have to hit a certain number of hours on mojo for yeah. on the buyer side yeah. right yeah. and actually after um the team plus event in boston when you spoke about breaking out into a listing team versus a buyer team yeah. we did it smart and so now for our listing team we've made prospecting such a big part of it where we'll guarantee leads that they're going to book one appointment a week, but they've got to be on the dialer booking their second appointment every single week. And to stay in the listing team and get my listing leads, Mm -hmm. they've got to be booking the appointments from cold prospecting. Right. And for the buyer agents, it's dialing through our dead leads on Mm -hmm. the dialer for Mm -hmm. X number of hours per week. Based yes. on where they are. We're not calling actual dead people in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that? The the dead pond or something? It's our the dead pond. Dead yeah. Pond. It's like where yeah. somebody wasn't able to convert it and yeah. slide it over. <laughs> <laughs> we started taking like we're, you know, they're only allowed to have so many leads in their actual Boomtown account. Smart. And everybody else goes to a pond. So they have like 48 hours to convert the person mm-hmm. or then it has to go to the pond. Mm-hmm. So it has 
change their headset so they don't think, oh, I've got this person for you know however long. It's like I got forty eight hours mm-hmm. to convert this person, or it goes to the pond. Yeah. So everybody's like fishing in the pond all the time. Fishing. Yeah. So they're converting the pond like nobody's business now. So, so smart. Yeah. It's, so smart. Well, and the good thing about that, though, right, is sometimes you're not a great fit for the client on the right, phone, exactly. but if mm-hmm. I pick up the phone, I can sometimes hit them in a different way, Yep. and then they connect with me. 100%. It helps with conversion dramatically. Yeah. So think, someone someone listening is going to think, oh, this is like anti-salesperson. It's actually very consumer-friendly, and they're, right? And like, right. give the consumer what they want as fast as they want with the right person. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, and it's better for, for the agent not to be spinning their wheels with somebody that they're just never going to connect with, yeah. right? Yeah. Why waste the time? Yeah. And I heard one of my agents the other day, they were all, several of them were calling expireds and for sale by owners. And um, I guess the person said, well, somebody from Trace Carrot team already called me. What, are you guys like like competing against And they're like, no, no, no. We just really, really, really want your business. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that's the culture I want. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And by the way, if you don't say yes to me, there's seven more behind you. Yeah, they're all gonna call you today. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. Jay, thoughts on accountability and prospecting? You know, we, we've had kind of a slow shift on our team from that because um, our accountability has been really driven by the agents and mm-hmm. we haven't implemented all these things and I'm taking mental notes, but yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a shift and I'd love to say that, hey, they're putting everything on the board. What we are doing is, you know, the agents, the younger agents that are coming in there are sometimes outperforming the veteran agents. Love that. So watching that happen and they're seeing some of those sales go up on the board, I think is enough drive. Mm-hmm. And you know, coaching is fairly new to us. This mm-hmm. type of coaching yes. I think has been. So that's been a good growth for us in terms of knowing that everything can be tracked and that we're slowly starting to get there. Yes. Instead of just, you know, pulling the band-aid off, we've had to do a slow kind of a shift in there. We've always had that team with the listing agents and buyer agents, which has worked effectively for us. Mm-hmm. And you know the growth of some of the younger agents has been great because they can handle the accountability. They want that, and they can handle the um, the script and role playing, and they do that. So yeah. now I think you're seeing some of the veteran agents seeing the success of the young agents. When a 23 year old guy sells five houses in one month, you're like, okay, it works. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to step up my game here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's. Let's, let's, first of all, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate it. I know the, the listeners, you know, it'd be fun for you guys to go and look at the comments, you know, on Tom Ferry and the podcast and our YouTube channel and everything else. Um, let's wrap it up with just one, one answer from each of you. What is the most important advice you've ever been received or you would give in this case for someone that wants to build a team? Most important advice. I like that you're all thinking about it because there's a lot inside these brilliant minds right now. So, so think about it. It's okay. Take your time. Most important advice. You can just leave them with one thing. Don't go on gut instincts. There's so much information out there. And yeah. if you've got a coach or if you're in that ecosystem with other people who've, um, who've done it, I mean, there's some sessions whether you're just trying to go from one agent or two agents to four agents. There's so much in the ecosystem to be able to learn from it and learn from other people's fails. I know that's used a lot, but you really want to do that because there's so many things that you can save money, time, effort to Heartache. be able to do it. Heartache, really. <laughs> yeah. And, and relationships that you burn. Yeah. So just listening to that and, and following the advice of the people that you have instead of just going on gut instincts. Most of us got into this business because we were salespeople or we thought we were. 
And then now we're just changing it into creating an actual business. And that's what the business model really is. is You're going from the sales part of it to creating a team and an actual business. And then the goal is to, for our agents, is to create a business within the team of the business. So we support, we train, um, we hold them accountable, but they're really growing their own business in it. Love it, love it. I heard a lot of just don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Right, don't reinvent the wheel. Lisa? So mine is that I don't think teams are for everybody and to make sure that you've done, or maybe not for everybody at every point in time, right? And to make sure that you've done all the back work and that you have some systems and some processes and the right structure to be able to really support it at that very moment in time. Yeah, that's a very deep, uh, that's a very deep answer. Deep intellectual is probably a better word. Right, because you're right. It's not right. It's not right for everybody. Mm-mm. Some people are better off being on a team. Yes. Right. And some they people just, are great high-producing agents. Yes. Right? Yes. And and should just do that. Correct. Right. Because when they try and hire people, it's a disaster in many cases. Yeah. Teresa, bring it home. I think that one of my favorite sayings is my coach says it all the time that conflict arises when expectations differ. So. That Say that one more time. Conflict arises when expectations differ. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I have it in my office. Yes. Uh, and it right beside I choose joy. But it reminds me every single day that nobody's reading my mind mm-hmm. and that I have to tell people what I need and what I want from them. So when we hire people and and when we set up systems and when we buy products or whatever, mm-hmm. we have to tell people what our expectations are, um, especially with brand new agents, because most of my team is brand new agents. We have to tell them what we expect from them and mm-hmm. what they can expect from us. You know, and tell everybody, I can teach you real estate, I can't teach you to have the right heart. Like, and we don't practice on the public and we always do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So if you do the right thing and you work your butt off, you will be successful. I will make sure of it. Yeah. You know, so it's a it's a buy-in from the very beginning. This is my expectation. This is your expectation. Mm-hmm. Together, we are going to be rock stars. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think it's like setting that stage from the very beginning is so important. This was so awesome because I asked for one thing and you guys could have probably I'm given sorry. like 60. And I know, I love it. I mean, you're like, a, like the one that we don't practice on the public. I'm like, you could have just said that. Like, like all right, because everyone listening, like, oh my God, I do practice on the public all the time. All right. So as we wrap up, I just want to say uh, to the three of you, um, obviously, the entire ecosystem wishes you the best year ever in 2019, the difference you're making with your teams, the difference you're making with buyers and sellers in your community is magnificent. So just love you guys and thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I would certainly love any comments, feedback. Let me know what you're thinking, right? I'll check it out on all the different social channels. Uh, Most importantly, when I spend time with greatness, like those three, I always stop and I pause for 14 or 15 minutes and I just write down, what did I learn? What am I going to do more of? What do I want to improve on? What do I need to stop doing? And ultimately, what do I want to start? And I would encourage you to do the same. What if I told you that next week I interviewed one individual who he and his family and their partnership are absolutely changing how real estate is done throughout all of Europe. If you've ever thought about the 680 million people throughout all of Europe and how they buy and sell real estate, you're going to be fascinated by this guy's approach, his mindset, and his absolute business brilliance. I can't wait to expose you to my pal, Michael Polsler.
If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.